Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Lisa Edwards. Lisa has been a voice for others that suffer from domestic violence since joining Toastmasters International in 2008 and in 2014, becoming an independent certified speaker, teacher, and coach with the John Maxwell team. Lisa, along with her dog, Skipper Doodle, serve as the face of a small company with a big mission. Lisa founded two social entrepreneurial companies, 2016 Lifestyle to Independence or Affordable Housing, an LTI company or public speaking and product development. Once a victim, now a survivor, Lisa shares her inspirational message of hope and a roadmap to financial independence and supporting female veterans and domestic violence survivors. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you, Gigi. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. And we're honored to have you tonight, Lisa. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from? Well, um, I'm just a little girl from Buchanan, New York. It's a little village, and uh, that's in, uh, on the Hudson River in the Hudson Valley. And my claim to fame is that my family founded that in 1840. So uh, I have a lot of family relatives kind of back there. Um, and uh, so that's where I'm from. Uh, and uh, after, after graduating school, I went through some, uh, let's see, my family was pretty prominent in the area. And um, my family was pretty prominent in the area. My grandfather having one of the first gas stations and what have you. And we we're a very large extended family. Um, and uh, unfortunately, at the age of 13, my sister 14, my other sister 15, and my brother 10, uh, our family split up and our parents were separated and divorced. So that was tragic. But, um, but other than that, we went to school there. And after that, I went to school, uh, college for uh, travel and tourism and, and got into the travel industry. So uh, that's a little bit of it. Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. Now tell us about your experience of going through a domestic violence matter. Oh, gee, um, going through domestic violence matter, my experience, well, I think it's about the last 20 years, 22 years, I lost seven homes, four jobs, two cars, and my young son when he was five and a half on the second time custody battle to an abusive ex-husband. And, you know, Gigi, what I thought is that I was one in a million, but what I found out is that I am one of a million. That's right. Isn't that, isn't that horrible to think? That's right. But you're a survivor. And, yeah. And you know, that's not only, that is civilian and also in the military and the veterans, they have just as bad a situation. I think they started recording it since 2016, 17 and 18. So uh, we reach out to women, both civilian we're veterans or military if we can. That's right, because there are many other women who are going through that, or men. There are men that go through that as well. Yeah, I have actually helped five men, and that's basically all behind the scenes. And it is just as devastating, and what happens to them is amazing. And some were very, um, some were very prestigious positions and were very powerful, or I would say maybe not powerful, but they had very prestigious positions. And, um, you know, back then, and a little later, 
companies were not behind you for this. There was no one there really to support and help you and men had nowhere to turn. But, um, you know, I can't help everybody, but those gentlemen I did help behind the scenes and they had said, you know, Lisa, everything that you had said had come true. And I'm still trying to reach out to find one good friend that I haven't been able to find in years. And I'm hoping maybe that that person will surface maybe when they hear this. And um, he was very prominent in my life and was there to help me when I needed it. And I had an amazing career that I, I left. That is very powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. Now, you are a firm believer that domestic violence is a crime. Can you explain to the audience why domestic violence is a crime? Domestic violence is a crime. Well, <clears throat> for many reasons, it's a crime. First of all, who has the right to physically abuse, misuse in every way possible? Unfortunately, I dealt with it verbally, mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, and judicially. If there's another way, Gigi, I don't want to know. Actually, I think now it would be through social media too. So um, it's really sad and, and the system is broken. It comes down to um, at times if you know, you, you always have to defend yourself, no matter what. If somebody sends a petition to you in court or if you are in business and they're going to sue you or do something, you have to respond no matter what. So if somebody targets you and they want to make you um, their mission in life to destroy, then you have to defend yourself. So... Um, the system is not always there. It's broken. It was broken many times before. Um, my orders of protection were violated from the local police. So it's really on the front line. If the front line is not going to pull things, I said, then you're really in trouble. But things have changed. You know, I'm talking about 20, 22 years ago, uh, maybe even a little bit more than that. My son was 18 months old when my ex-husband decided to leave that would put him in power and control and um, followed me for like 15 years, even after he had gotten everything, I think. Um, so I hope that maybe answers your question. And unfortunately, the legal system also was very abusive to me because I have to tell you, there's nothing I will not do to stand up for this situation because, you know, what happened to me with the police departments, what happened to me with court or whatever, if I didn't go through it, I would never believe these women. Never. It's, it's unimaginable what happens. And you're talking millions of ladies, you know, and you said there are some men too, there are men as well, but millions of people. And we need to do something about this. There's two reasons which you stay, the first two reasons and why you stay in an abusive relationship. One, as we know, is fear. And two, is financial ramifications. You know, Gigi, I can't do anything about your number one, but I know, and this has been my quest, that I promise to do something about number two, and I have been. So self-help is necessary because the system is broken. You're not going to get the justice 
the situations going on with the power and control. And um, so somehow, and this is what we have to do, the women that have the victim mentality, okay, I can't help you do what you don't want to do, but I can help you do what you do want to do. So, but there has to be a way for economic independence on a bottom-up approach. And that is what lifestyle independence is focusing on. Thank you for sharing that very powerful message. And now, can you explain to the audience how finances is intertwined with domestic violence as well? How that is also an aspect? Well, uh, back to my story. My ex-husband had promised me that if I didn't agree to him in what was in his divorce degree agreement, that he promised me he would bury me alive. So um, that's why I went through 15 plus years of um, losing all of that. And in the midst of it, I had gone into hiding for over a year, almost two years. And prior to that, I was incarcerated three times. So um, I will show you what I say. Um, I am the homecoming queen gone jailbird. <laughs> yes. And you founded uh, your social entrepreneurial companies, correct? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Um, after I've lost all of, of uh, those tangible things and also everything else to go with it, mental, emotional, there's one thing I did not lose, and that is why I'm here today. And what is I that? I did not lose my faith in God. Amen. I love yeah. it. And, and uh, the story about that is that after the abuser had won, after the system had broken, um, I was part of a support group at the Dominican Sisters in Austin, which was an outreach program from the Office for Women that's helped domestic violence. And um, the system broke down the domestic violence organization, the Office for Women, they were told by the judge, threatened by her, that they could no longer help me after five years. And there's many other things. So in the book, you'll hear the other parts. We'll give it to you succinctly. But um, after everything had broken down and I finally had a place to live, um, but didn't have a job and was just starting to, I got a phone call one day. And um, it was Sister Catherine. And I won't give her last name, I would love to, but Sister Catherine called and just said, I wanted to see how you're doing, Lisa. And this was a time when you had a landline, you know, you had a phone at home. <laughs> and she said, I just wanted to see that you were home. And I said, yeah, I am. Thank you so much for calling. She said, well, I just wanted to be a minute, but I'll, I'll, I'll check on you next week. So he said, goodbye. In less than a minute, Gigi, and the other phone rang, the phone rang again. And I picked it up. And it was a recording. And the recording said, if you wanted to hear more, press seven. So I pressed seven. And I got the shock of my life. There's an organization out of Atlanta, Georgia, that helps to abscond a child and mother that has been abused and abused by the system. And I was like, are you kidding? I am like, I was in shock. And there's a process, so they send you an application. You know, sometimes when you're inside the box, you don't even know 
how bad it is. So I got that application and I sat on my kitchen floor for three days and I cried. There was every reason that I should have finished filling that out. I had every documentation, four year order of protection that had then expired. And at that time, all hell broke loose. But um, there were several reasons why I decided not to. And um, just the last one of that is why I'm here today. And the last reason was that I promised if God helped me through this journey that I would be a voice for others. Amen. And you are. So hear my voice. That's right. And you wrote a book, Giving Woman a Voice. Could you tell us more about it? Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> it's a co-authored book from 10 women from England and Malta and the United States. There are domestic violence survivors and some are just getting out of their situations and some are still in it. It's amazing. Um, and I'm the first chapter and it's called The Astonishing Power of Hope. And there's a woman and her name is Donna Ann Pace from England that was the compiler. And we had met at an event and uh, I was the first person two years ago to sign on to do this. And um, each one of the stories is amazing. I, I think it might be the first um, book that is co-authored by women around the world to talk about their different stories. And it's interesting because we were like, I don't know, thousands or whatever on the Amazon list way in the bottom of the pile. And today or yesterday, we're in the top 100 of uh, the books on domestic violence. So that's amazing. And please get it giving woman a voice. It will help you in many ways. And Gigi, I've had so many people call me. And when we put it on Facebook, I figured, you know, when you put information about domestic violence on Facebook, you know, you're lucky to get two, three or four hits. When we put it on Facebook that I became an international author, it's official, I had over 500 hits on my Facebook site. I'm getting amazing phone calls and being involved with five global organizations, people in India and Ireland and different countries are buying this book, especially also from the girls from England and the other ladies from Malta. So this is really international. And I know that together ladies, okay, women, girls, girls, this is just the beginning of that part of the movement. And I am so honored that people are calling. I have conference calls coming with survivors, some that aren't even out of the situation right yet, but they're, they are. Um, and we are collaborating. And you know, you always say about the silver lining behind everything, okay? I started this since 2008 to be a voice for victims of domestic violence by starting with Toastmasters International getting my first mentor. What year is it now? I don't think I can count that high. <laughs> <laughs> so for four years, I've been dealing with this technology, websites, everything else. And you remember, you know, I'm, I'm not spring chicken. I am spring chicken, but 
anyway, um, you know, trying to start your own company in your mid fifties and all this technology is crazy. So um, I was just coming out with a great event at my house. I do it uh, every year for the last three years. And I had a local college, the military coordinator, Mount St. Mary College wanted to be a part of this. And the vet to vet mental health, uh, the head of eight counties is gonna be part of it as well. And two weeks before, COVID came and shut us down. So we are, we're preparing and getting ready to do everything virtual. And the silver lining is this. I posted something that I had done in the past and I wasn't really focusing on it. And you know, with everyone going through difficult times, I wasn't sure what's right and what should we do. But I posted on there that Voices of Women, I gave my finance class 101. And it was a, a memory and everyone was hitting on it. And I made phone calls and people sent me messages. And now I'm teaching finance 101. And the reason why that's so important is after all the losses that I've endured, I bought my beautiful home in the state of New York, two family income producing property, making less than $26,000 a year. That is amazing. Thank you. So it's time to help these ladies to equip them with the first basic step, Finance 101. Get to know that's your first step towards financial independence. And lifestyle independence, well, we've been working at it for a long time and we're creating opportunities for other women to get involved. And uh, I now have four that I will be speaking with next week. So we are basically getting our inner circle together. And um, I can't give you all the answers because I have some things that I've been working on, but our goal is to help empower and create jobs which will actually create entrepreneurs because they will be their own bosses. And I documented the entire journey right down to creating classes and um, keeping these relationships and investing in myself and getting involved with five global organizations. So I don't know my neighbors too much, but I do know people. <laughs> now, Lisa, can you tell us about Tiles for Hope? Raffle? Oh, yeah. Tiles for Hope. Okay. I'll just show you right here. Our Tiles for Hope, it's, um, it started out because I believed that in order to teach these women that are domestic violence survivors or domestic violence victims that they needed a safe place to live and, and, and grow and heal. And, and how are they going to do that if I don't buy a house for them or do something? So... I bought a real fixer-upper three doors down. I mean a real fixer-upper. <laughs> and it was left with hundreds of unwanted tiles. So it was going to cost me a thousand dollars to get rid of them. And let me tell you something, just buying that house was a miracle itself. All of my stories are miracles and I can't wait to tell you more. But so when we went through them and we saw there's only a few good ones or what have you. So I put them aside and I thought about it and I prayed about it and I was like, what am I going to do with this in the middle of the night at three o'clock? I wake up with the answer. So I get on my clothes the next morning and I run to Harbor Freight and I bought my first piece of machinery. I brought a drill press 
And I came home and I put four holes in them, put four holes in, 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 in a tile, four holes. I got some beautiful handles. We had the logo embossed, little tabs on the back, and our story, The Astonishing Power of Hope. So I'll read to you. The story goes that the first home build in Newburgh, New York was left with hundreds of tiles that would be a large expense to dispose of. Trying to come up with a solution, we decided to turn trash to cash. Our unwanted one foot tiles were converted into trays using recycled materials and of course the heart logo, hence inspired our tiles for hope. Amen, very powerful. So the Tiles for Hope will be another avenue for a job. My factory is downstairs right now. Um, manufacturers Technology, I'll put it on there, has an article and will be following us. So it's um, that and uh, let me see what else. If we're gonna be pivoting, if we're not building this house, we have other survivors that are in real estate and home ownership, and they already know we're already collaborating. But the other thing that Tiles for Hope can do is that we're looking to raffle this with other organizations that are like-minded, that care about making a difference. And Federal Express has worked with me, then we can ship this nationwide. So if you're not raising funds because your programs are canceled, Lifestyle to Independence can work with you in collaboration and having this 365 days a year through social media, raising funds for you, helping us and helping others. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, Lisa, what has given you the most joy and fulfillment in your life? What's given me the most joy and fulfillment in my life is my son, even though all the tumultuous years we've been through, I so look forward to the adult relationship that we've created. Um, the other one that you had taken a picture before, I don't know if anyone saw him, but that is Skipper Doodle. Uh, my dog is pure love, unconditional love, and uh, you know, um, he saved me. So that's there. And I have a few things I did write down here so I don't forget them. Finding my purpose in life. Yeah, that's a big one. Finding my purpose in life. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. When I was a little girl, I knew that I was born to do something special. I mean, who was born with something like that? But through all of this, I was like, how are you supposed to do something special? Look what you put yourself through. But as I look, you know, when you put your dream to the test, and you take what life has either given you or circumstances you put yourself into, when you take that time to reflect, when you pray, when you speak to God, I tell you, the inspiration and what he puts in your heart and what you can do are amazing. Amen. And how important is your relationship with God to you? Uh, well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. <laughs> And I didn't think that I was like this, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I 
I thought there were so many more people that are more spiritual and more holy or whatever it was that I am. And, you know, I didn't, I was like, <clears throat> wait a minute, you really do have strong faith. You know, you, you really do. And I was like, wow. And, uh, so my conversation with him, my journey with him, and, you know, you try to turn from what you're supposed to be doing and you'll be pulled right back to it. And, um, right. He's amazing path set out for you. So as we just continue to confidently walk in the direction of our dreams, God has already paved the road for us. Amen. And he knows our plans that he has for us. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Now, how did you make the decision to choose the vocation you did? Oh, um, oh yeah. And also, sorry. My two family home. That was really a big accomplishment for me. <laughs> so, um, you said, how did I choose a vocation? Correct. I think it would be a combination of my first career and now this career. Um, after going through this, my first career was amazing. It was in travel and tourism. And I had the opportunity to work for Robustelli Travel in Connecticut. And um, the owner of that was a New York Giant football player. He was a coach for the New York Giants, and he was the front-end manager for the New York Giants. And so I got involved with them, worked in five different divisions of the company, and did sports marketing. So I did travel of all sorts, and I specialized in chartering private yachts around the world and the Hudson Valley. So my love of travel is one. And then, you know, he told me, uh, once a giant, always a giant. And he was a very faithful man. So I just remember from the book he inscribed to me, once a giant, always a giant, that I would never give up. And that I had what it takes to do this. And that through some other situations, I realized I had the ability to do this. Um, a few aha moments, like a lot to talk about with that, but being a voice for women was good and to give hope. I didn't realize how important that is, but it's really important for me to figure it out. So it comes down to, Rizaline, it's not can we, it's how can we. How can we means we have to find a way. We just have to think about it. Where I said that incorrectly, excuse me. <laughs> it says, it's not can we, it's how can we. How can we assume there's a way we just have to think? That's right. So that's what's that. So my mission to help other women, my love of travel, once we get this going a little bit further, um, my goal is to travel with a purpose. So to spread this further and to be able to, you know, be able to leave our headquarters, our home, and uh, to travel and do this. That's what I'd love to do. Very powerful. I love it. Now, what is one <laughs> aha moment that you experienced on your life journey that changed your life, Lisa? My aha moment, the first aha moment was in 2006. It was December 24th when my younger brother, Johnny, died of a heart attack at 41 years old. So my aha moment was a it woke me up big time, I'm trying to see what I have. Um, 
because you know when you're pretty much abandoned from a parent and my father we were so close to I was his shadow like my little puppy I was his shadow and there was nothing that you know I idolized my father and when he left he just left and my little brother was excuse me my little brother was 10 years old I think it was two days after his 10th birthday and we were 13 14 15 that so was devastating and um, I think that he was never able to love himself and on the outside although I was very popular in school and everyone loved me I think there was something really missing inside and my high school friends they didn't know what I was going through none of them did now we didn't share that or tell anyone and uh, so I was still going through an abusive relationship and I will share with you what I learned and my message succinctly is in a poem I wrote. Let me see if I can grab it. Your poem is titled My Inner Voice, correct? Yes, it is. My poem so it was for the loss of my brother that changed my entire life and I, I credit him for this house. I credit him for everything that I've become because this is my inner voice. I once used to think that disability meant inability and homelessness meant helplessness. But if I would change my mind, I would change my world. So with the grace of God and my walk of faith, I learned that I really can endure. And with the grace of God and my walk of faith, I learned that obstacles are opportunities that I really am strong, that I really do have self-worth. And I found me and I love me once again. Your poem is beautiful, Lisa. Thank you. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Mm, walking with purpose, I'm not gonna do this anything. Well, like I just said, living a life of purpose the first thing you have to do as I spoke is to, to really find and love yourself because once you can love yourself you can love others remember hurt people hurt people the other thing is um, to take care of yourself physically and mentally you know there's so many things that happen to you when going through abusive relationships and mentally, it takes such a toll. It really, really does. So to regain that back and, and all the things that you've gone through is really difficult. So please invest in doing that. Um, God is an intangible force. And he rules the world. He gives me strength. And I am never alone. Be grateful for what you have. Gratitude for everything and always strive to be your best. When you find your purpose through prayer or taking a look at your past, what you love to do, enjoy, don't forget to share it with others. And most importantly, when you are down, when you are out, don't give up hope. I love it. 
Thank you. Welcome. Now, your story is very powerful, Lisa. Thank you for sharing your story with us in the, in the audience. And we really appreciate having you on the Walk With Me podcast. Where can the audience find you, Lisa? Gigi, they can find me on lifestyle2independence.com. And that's T-O, so lifestyle2independence.com. Or I will give you my telephone number. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach me at 914 505-5451. Call me, text me. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Please like Lifestyle the Independence on Facebook. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Look on Amazon, Giving Women a Voice, if you buy our book. Uh, all the information is in there also to get in touch with me. And remember, ladies, this is something we're going to be doing around the world. So we're looking to help, empower, create financial opportunities. We already have four products. And most of it, we're looking to manufacture ourselves. We're looking to sell ourselves. And we're looking to create more entrepreneurs. And we have it. We have it. It's going. Absolutely amazing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check Lisa out at lifestyle2independence.com. And Lisa, thank you so much for being a guest on our Walk With Me podcast. I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you, Gigi. Bye, you too. Bye.